0: Oh.
1: Hallelujah. Yeah.
2: This is Bobby Okereke, inside linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, and you are tuning into the Blue Stable Podcast. Welcome to the Blue Stable Podcast, everybody. It is we are kicking off the 2022 NFL season. It kicks off tonight or last night, whenever you're listening to this. Probably let's go with last night because this is when you're gonna when you guys are gonna start listening to this. The Buffalo Bills and the Rams. Went at it. We don't know what the hell the score was because we're recording before the game. But uh, real quick, this is obviously the Blue Stable podcast. As always, I'm going to continue being your host, producer, content coordinator of the Blue Stable. Joining me after the departure of Destin Adams and Rashad McGinnis, joining me this season is going to be our very own. You already know him as Culture Shock, Marcus. Welcome to the Blue Stable, man. I'm happy to have you. I can't wait for what this season has in store.
0: Hey man, appreciate you for inviting me on. Uh, it's been a joy. Uh, I've been in the background now. I'm in the front camera. So let's go ahead and get it popping. Start talking to fo- football, man.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And real quick, man, we just do want to give a shout out to Destin and Rashad, man. Uh, they they did great work for us. They were part of the original, you know, the OG team that that started the Blue Stable. We built this thing up. I remember when I was uh over at another network. It was just me there, and I needed. You know, I, I needed a guy to run this thing with me and I, I ended up finding Destin and man, how, how lucky I got, man, uh, how lucky he got as well. I mean, we both got lucky that we found each other in our, you know, hopefully for me, you know, promising careers. Uh, they're getting started at Stampede Blue, obviously. Uh, congrats to Stampede Blue getting an amazing duo. Congratulations to Rashad and Destin uh, getting a great gig over there. And we hope that you continue to follow us here at the Blue Stable uh, as we will continue to give you great content all across the board in our articles, our podcasts, our YouTube shows, whatever the case may be, guys. We are still going to be putting out the best content out there. So Rashad, Destin, we hope that you have a good time being number two while we're number one. All right. We love you guys. Absolutely, man. Thank you again. Uh, for all that you guys did for the blue stable. Now let's talk some football Marcus. right here. We're going to get into our predictions for the Colts this season. We're going to go over our playoff predictions for both conferences, by the way. AFC, NFC. And we're going to get into just a little breakdown in our predictions for the Colts and Texans. This Sunday in Houston, Texas, NRG stadium is where it goes down. But before we do that, man, uh, real quick, you know, we're still repping home field apparel right here. This is the hoodie. This is comfortable, man. Make sure y'all head over there. This is let get this mic out of the way, man. Home field. Absolutely. It's comfortable. It's a hoodie. I feel good. It's just, man, I can sleep in this thing. Marcus, what you got on, man?
0: Hey, man, I got on this nice little shirt. Uh, You can't really see it from the camera angle, but it's a nice little home-filled shirt with the Colts logo, and then it got home-filled over top of it. But, you know, something light, and I got my hoodie in the background just like yours.
2: Something light, you know, something light. I, I ended up buying the Bomber's jacket, man. Oh, my Lord, that... Beautiful piece of apparel right there, man. Make sure y'all go ahead and head over to home field and use the code DBLUESTABLE to get 15% off your final price at checkout. And they also have a wide uh, variety of college teams as well. So I think we should just hop right into it, guys. The Colts are looking pretty healthy, obviously. Shaquille Leonard is back at practice. It is still unknown whether he is going to go this Sunday in Houston. We still haven't heard official word from Frank Reich. He was a full go on Wednesday's practice. He was limited today in Thursday's practice. So the limitations uh, doesn't surprise me too much because you know, you that was his first practice back and then maybe you wanted to work him in a little bit of maybe walkthroughs, uh, position drills, maybe not a lot of 11 on, on 11 as they're doing their installation for the Texans. But other than that, man, it's good to see Shaquille Leonard back on the field.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, Captain of this defense, captain of the team in general. You need that guy on the field that's going to make an impact, and Shaquille is one of those guys, we all know it, a freaking mastermind of creating turnovers. And he just, I think his presence just boosts everybody else on the field. So it's definitely needed for this game upcoming. But if he ain't playing, I understand. I mean, I would want Shaquille as healthy as possible, especially from all of these injuries that he's been through. I think having him fully healthy and what he can do potentially, I think that would be a huge gain for the Colts moving forward.
2: And obviously we will still wait and see and hear official word from Frank Wright coming tomorrow, Friday, as he tells us what is the plan for Darius Leonard. So record prediction wise, man, let's get into it. Marcus, what do we got for predictions? Where are we going for the Colts? In 2022, what do you think their uh, final record is going to be in the regular season?
0: I feel like the Colts is going to have a huge a huge season. It's not going to be extravagant, but I feel like it's going to be better than the last two seasons. So I'm going to go ahead and say that the Colts are going to win this division. Uh, I feel like the Titans are going to lose one of them games when they should have won, and I feel like the Colts are going to take that nod, and I'm going to give us an 11-win 11 11 win season uh, this year. I feel like we're going to win some games where it should have been like Oh, we wasn't supposed to. We're going to be the underdogs in most of these games. But I feel like the Colts, if they gain momentum at the right time, they can be consistent enough to give us an 11-win season and have just move over to the playoffs. Because we know 10 wins probably won't give us the W. We've seen a lot of teams have 10-win seasons and not get in the playoffs. So we have to go out there and get 11 wins. So I'm going to say 11 wins for the Colts.
2: Eleven wins. Marcus is uh no. Nah, maybe is he getting bold? Is he not? Is it right there? What do you guys think? Make sure you comment down below. Do you think differently than Marcus? Where I'm going is gonna. I'm, I'm gonna go ten and seven uh, for 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 the Colts in this one. I I am high on this Colts team, but this schedule is also tough. That I don't know where these uh, narratives are coming from on, on Twitter when it comes to you know the Colts having an easy schedule outside of houston jacksonville and maybe not even Jacksonville. outside of houston who, who's the easy game really uh you know you're you're playing the nfc east two playoff teams right there in dallas and philadelphia philadelphia got a hundred times better drafted a beast in jordan davis and a.j brown they added him devontae smith is coming into a second year the offensive line is better the tight ends they got it all And then the Giants continue to add talent, but everything except the most important position in football. So are they going to be a tough game? I think they will, but until they get a quarterback, I can't take them seriously. And then you got Washington. Look, Washington overall as a team you may not think of much, but Washington with a motivated Carson Wentz coming into Indianapolis, that's something that I'm afraid of, okay? Let's not sit here and act like we haven't seen Carson Wentz on fire because we've seen what he can do, and I'm not, you know, undermining the chance that that could happen in indianapolis in week eight you got the afc west who's easy in that uh division you got the titans titans are the titans they've beaten us they've beaten our behinds so where's the easy part i have no idea but 10 and 7 i think is a good uh record because obviously the defense i believe in it but the offense the offense is gonna have to show us they're gonna have to show us you know uh i think you know, Michael Pittman and Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor, I think those guys are going to do their thing. They're going to get their yards. They're going to get their receptions, their plays. But what about everyone else? You know, you can't just have it Pittman, Taylor, Hines. You can't just have it those three all year. Someone else has to step up. And that's where you look at a Mo Ali Cox and say, you're stepping into the Jack Doyle role. You're going to be getting all those snaps. You're going to be getting all those routes that Jack Doyle was getting. You're going to get those third down looks where on third downs, that play is going to be designed for you to get the first down. Mo Ali Cox hasn't proven to be a good asset in that role yet. He struggled a bit as a wide a tight end three. He struggled a bit as a tight end two. So are we to believe that he's just going to, you know, flip the script at tight end one? We got to see it. Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, those guys. Can Paris Campbell stay healthy? That's the million-dollar question every single year. Alec Pierce. He's a rookie. I'm not expecting him to come in and light, light light everything on fire. And if he does, another great pick for Chris Ballard, and that could mean a promising vi- future for the wide receiver core in Indianapolis. But other than that, man, obviously you got the questions at left tackle, Matt Pryor. I still have some questions about him. Uh, but other than that, ten and seven, I feel really good about.
0: Yeah, uh, I I totally agree. I mean, I have nothing wrong with your uh, choice right there. Uh, definitely is a lot of speculations going on around, around this coast team. Because, I mean, I mean to be honest, though, with the departure of Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, it does feel different this year than it did last year. Uh, you know who you're getting at quarterback. Uh, you, He's holding everybody accountable, which is one thing Carson Wentz didn't do. So you need that veteranship at quarterback and, and that leader. So I feel like if he can just hit the underneath route, the layups, basically. We talk about this all the time. If he can hit the layups – and ease up some of that pressure off of Jonathan Taylor because we're going to need him, I feel like that's going to take us further than what it did last year for sure. The defense I'm not really worried about because they're captains of creating turnovers. And having Julian Blackman come back with the Nick Cross just drafted, with Stephon Gilmore, with the Yannick in the edge rush, all these things can definitely help out the offense. So moving forward, I feel like we can probably get more wins with that momentum.
2: I feel really good about it, man. What are your record predictions for the Indianapolis Colts in 2022? Comment down below. Don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe to the Blue Stable. We would really appreciate it, and we appreciate the support that you guys give to us. Moving on here, we are going to go with playoff predictions. Marcus, who don't love playoff predictions, man? Who don't love the, you know, the expectations, the what-ifs, the you know, curiosity of where people are thinking teams are in the NFL and who's better than who. So who wants to kick it off? We're going to start with the NFC. Okay. We're going to make, we're going to make people wait a little bit for, for where we have the NFC uh, labeled at it, but let's start with the NFC. Marcus, Uh, let me, uh let me go ahead and start this one off. And then we're going to go to you over the NFC. Okay. So for me kicking it off here, I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay at number one. I I still feel like they have a very strong team. They are, you know, a little bitten with injuries right now, but that was really at the center position. Their right tackle Wurfs is working back. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they're looking to get healthy, and they can still run the football. They still got running backs. They still got Tom Brady, and as long as you got Tom Brady, you can you can win a game. Uh, the defense is still, as we saw in the preseason game, very stout. Vita Vea, probably possibly the best one tech. In the league, the immovable object, he's going to be big. Shaq Barrett, Joe Tryon, though that duo at pass rush, it's going to be solid. And we know all about their secondary, you know, Jamal Dean. um, And then you got Winfield. So in the backfield, I feel very confident that they can, you know, maybe even sweep the NFC South. So that'll just, I'm going with Tampa Bay at number one. Number two, I'm going to go with the Rams. I kind of flipped back and forth between the Rams and who I'm going to go with at third for number two. But ultimately, I just thought the Rams, because I think they could take their division um, over a little bit better than what that other team I'm about to mention. Obviously, the Super Bowl champions still got Ramsey. You still got the Aaron Donalds. And then they upgraded with having Allen Robinson come in and free agency fan. Jefferson, their uh, second-round draft pick. I believe he was from Florida in 2020. He's going to be thrust into the wide receiver number three role there in L.A., and they still have an offensive line, still got weapons, still got running backs. Cam Akers is working his way back. Matthew Stafford is still there. I'm going to go with them at number two. Number three, this one was a little tough for me because on paper they look really, really, really good. And I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles at number three. Again, these are my playoff predictions. The Eagles on paper possibly have the best defense in football. You look at their entire defensive line. You got Fletcher Cox, who has been a stud and unstoppable pass rusher for how many years? We know what he's about. You got the pass rushers in a Derek Barnett and a Brandon Graham, the vet. You got Josh Sweat. And then you drafted Jordan Davis. That is huge. That is huge. And then you go and look at the linebacker. You got a Michael Kaiser. You got a TJ Edwards. You're solid in that department. You go and look at the corners. You go and look at they just got James Bradbury to team up with Darius Slay in Philadelphia. That is a great defense. The offensive line is figured out weapons. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quentin Cephas. I mean, the, the list goes, they got, they added Zach Pascal, obviously uh, that connection with Nick Sirianni. They got the running backs. They got the tight end Dallas Goddard. The biggest question to me is just what can Jalen Hurts do? Can he progress into that type of quarterback? Because again, everything's all fine and dandy when you, when you're in the regular season and you can do some of the same things you do on a week to week basis, and, you know, that's what can win you games. And I think that'll help Philadelphia. But when you get in the playoffs, as we saw against Tampa Bay, when you take away that run game, what's your next go-to move? And you saw that the Eagles did not have another go-to move. Jalen Hurts could not make the throws he needed to make to in order to move the chain. So what what was that final score, like 38-0, to zero, Marcus? They didn't even score a point. So I, I think they'll be okay for the regular season, but in the playoffs, We'll see what's going on there. Number four, I got to go with Green Bay. You know, those are going to be the four division winners, Tampa Bay, L.A. Rams, Philadelphia, and Green Bay. No one uh, over there in the NFC North really tell me that they're going to give Green Bay a run for their money. Chicago, you know, they have flu, so they're going to suck. You got Detroit, who has young talent. They got young talent, but they're, they're still growing. They're, they're still building brick by brick. And then uh, you have the Minnesota Vikings. Are they serious? Kirk Cousins, you know, are, are they going to do anything? I haven't been led to believe that. So without the weapon and Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to be Aaron Rodgers. We'll see if he can definitely do that. But I have them winning the NFC North being the number four seed. Number five. I'm gonna go with the San Francisco 49ers, man. Trey Lance is the guy now. Debo Samuel Brandon Ayuk is gonna get better. I think he's gonna establish himself as one of the better deep threats in the league this year. Uh, George Kittle's kind of kind of dealing with a groin injury right now. I don't know what's going on with that. We'll see how long he has to stay out. But I think Trey Lance, uh, he can do enough within that division. I think they can beat Arizona. Obviously, everybody's gonna beat up on Seattle. I think you can beat uh, Arizona out for that for that playoff seed uh, in the NFC. Number six, this might surprise some people, but I'm gonna go with New Orleans. I, I think on defense, man, they, whoo, they're good. Marshawn Lattimore. They just added Honey Badger. They got the defensive line. Got the Marcus Davenport's David Onyemata. You got Cam Jordan. And that's just a stout defensive line. You go on the offense, it's Jameis Winston, but you know what? Michael Thomas is coming back. Alvin Kamara is still there. And then uh, the other guy's name is escaping me. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is there now. I think they can do enough, especially through the air. And Jameis Winston throws the ball all over the field. What running back do you want to have next to him other than Alvin Kamara? Come on now. So where did you... Draft Alvin Kamara in your league this year, I have no idea, but I would assume that he's going to get a lot of points, okay? So number seven, my final one, the Arizona Cardinals. I kind of battled the seventh seed with, you know, an Arizona, a possible Minnesota, Dallas. Could Washington maybe make some noise? Atlanta, like no one's really over, you know, winning me for that seventh seed. So I think some teams took a step back. Arizona, obviously, they got Mark, uh, Marquise Brown, their linebackers, Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Those are going to be some lockdown guys right there. They still got Buda Baker. So that's where I'm going uh, with the NFC playoff predictions. I'm going to go over them one more time. The number one seed, one to seven here Tampa Bay, the Rams, Philadelphia, Green Bay, San Francisco, New Orleans, and Arizona. Marcus, uh, any surprises at that list?
0: uh definitely san fran i mean my list is just as about as the same as yours but san fran isn't on my list i feel like they're going to miss the playoff this year unless the backup tight end for george Kittle takes a huge step because i always ask this question george Kittle stays on the injury report but can he stay healthy if he can't stay healthy why hasn't the backup tight end made himself known in the nfl yet with all these opportunities so i'm gonna go ahead and get my list um like I said, it's just about yours, but the rankings are a little different. Number one, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers, and I'm going to say why is because the Green Bay Packers is probably the best regular season team in the NFC, period. When it comes to the postseason, of course, we can't argue. They they choke every time. But in the regular season with the MVP Aaron Rodgers, he always finds a way to win games uh, he's just a legend at that. And he's a mastermind. He's an ultimate quarterback that you would want on your roster. So I will give him that. Uh, I'm pretty sure he'll find a target out of somebody on that team without Devontae oh. Adams. Now, they won't be Devontae, but I feel like he'll find somebody else. Uh, but I do think is, they could be number one.
2: Marcus is going with the Green Bay Packers at number one. Wow. That is. Go ahead and continue your list, man. I, I'm going to try and process process that here.
0: Yeah, regular season phenomenons. Going on to number two, I'm going to choose the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Buccaneers definitely can get it done with, you know, the dink and dunk guru himself, Tom Brady. And if their defense can keep some type of momentum, it is questionable with the new head coach and how they might fit into that rhythm because nobody's Bruce Arians. I mean, he could just let you go out there and do what you want. But switching that with Todd Bowles, I don't know how that's going to work out. But I do think they can have themselves a good season. So moving on to number three, I'm going to go with the Rams. They do have the second-best wide receiver in the NFL, Cooper Cup, and they still have a stout defense kind of sort of offense could take a little hit, but they did add some offense as well. So I do think it'll take them a little time to get some rhythm, but it'll be the right rhythm going into the playoffs towards the end of the season. We know with the new additions at wide receiver and Matthew Stafford recovering from that surgery, I think they'll find the stride at the right time. Moving on to number four is a shocker for you that you might not like, but at number four, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys, and here is why. The Dallas Cowboys will have a better year defensively than what they did the year before. And with Dak Prescott being really good in the regular season towards the beginning, I think they can carry momentum. But, of course, they're going to choke in the playoffs. But I do have them the number four seed moving forward. At number five, I'm going to go with Philly. Philly is going to have themselves a way better season this year than last year because they are in the NFC East, and they do have a new one, number one wide receiver in A.J. Brown, so I think they can have them good, so themselves a good season at that. Moving on to number six, I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. I didn't rank them higher because they, I do not trust Jameis Winston, so I do think they'll have a good year to their defense. But Jameis Winston is still questionable and always will be because he's a Florida State quarterback. Moving on to number seven. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals at seven. Uh, their offense is a little iffy still. Uh, one of their wide receivers, Rondell Moore, has an injury right now. If you didn't know, it just got a earlier. So hopefully he can recover. But that is taking a hit on that. And the defense is still the best thing on that team. So the defense can't do all the work, but I do have them making the playoffs. So that is number seven for me.
2: So we agree on six and seven with New Orleans and Arizona. That was, that, that was a surprise right there. Go ahead and go through one through seven again for, for the fans.
0: Yeah, I got you. So number one is Green Bay Packers. Number two is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number three is the Los Angeles Rams. Number four is the Dallas Cowboys. Number five is the Philadelphia Eagles. Number six is the New Orleans Saints. And number seven is the Arizona Cardinals.
2: That list is automatically banned because you added the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Let's just go ahead and say for what it is. Uh, Already knew. They have no receivers. They have no offensive line. Zeke is Zeke. The defense the defense is not very good. Uh, no one can stop anybody in the secondary. Auto- automatically disregard. Disregard what Marcus just said, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hopefully <sighs> – you, you know how i got to do it man you know you, know, the, you added Dallas man I, I, go
0: ahead man. go ahead do it man go ahead i can't do
2: it can i can't stand i can't allow it i just can't stand for it but uh let's move on to the afc playoffs here i think now this is what people want to hear about the afc how tough it's going to be guys where do you guys think teams will land where are the colts uh are they even winning the division like where are the afc west teams so let's get into it, all right? Let's kick it off starting at number one. The Buffalo Bills I have at number one. I think they are possibly uh, maybe not the, in the easiest division because New England is still there. They added Devontae Parker. They got some weapons. They still got Bill Belichick running that defense. I'm going with Buffalo because they're Buffalo. They they are so talented, talented offensively. I think this year work with me on this and I'm sorry if I sound like I'm stuff I'm I, I I have bad allergies going on right now but I think Josh Allen this year cements himself as a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes I think he will do that what we saw in the playoffs was him being transcendently great Amazing. everyone argues he should have been the one playing Joe Burrow in the AFC championship game. What we saw from what I saw in that game in the AFC championship game, what we saw from Patrick Mahomes, I'm not trying to discredit him for anything that he's done this thus far. But, if I was restarting my league today, No one on the roster. I had the number one pick. I could draft anybody in the NFL, excluding Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, obviously, going for the young guys. I'm taking Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes, and I think Josh Allen is going to cement himself that way this season. They added Von Miller. Jerevius White is going to be working himself back. Uh, the They drafted a couple pass rushers and uh, Greg Russo, Boogie Basham. What can they do for them this season? But obviously, Von Miller is going to be the one touting that defensive line tag team at Oliver. The offensive line is solid. They got the tight end, da- Dawson Knox. You got Stephon Diggs. Gabriel, man. Gabriel Davis showed up in the playoffs. And that is a type of game that just vonks you in your career. It just it it elevates your play. And I think that could be a hell of a lethal duo in Buffalo. I'm going with them at, num- at my number one scene. I'm sorry if I went a little bit longer there, but number two, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I still think that they, they still have the pass rush, still got the defense. The secondary is still solid. Jesse Bates. They retained him. The offensive line got better, man. They revamped the offensive line. They added Lyle Collins, why he was ever available you know, that idiot up in Dallas, he, he thinks he knows all, so trying to make himself look smart. Oh, I'm going to cut Lyle Collins and look, us, look at us be great. Lyle Collins is in Cincinnati now, and he is going to be protecting Joe Burrow. Still got the running backs? Guess what? All your wide receivers aren't even in their prime yet. Still got Chase. Still got Higgins. Still got Boyd. I'm going with them in the number two seed. They are going to be winning that division. I got the Chargers at number three. Why I have the Chargers at number three, uh, the AFC West is going to be tough. But I think they are going to end up winning it because I think they have the better team. And in terms of just a roster, I think they possibly have the best roster in the league. But because they're going to be in a tough division, you're going to play Kansas City twice, Denver twice, Oakland twice, or Las Vegas twice. Those aren't going to be easy games. They're division games. They're rivalry games. Anything can happen. So ultimately, having the pass rush duo of Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, adding a Sebastian Joseph Day, having the linebackers that you do, having the secondary that you do. JC Jackson is now a charger. The lockdown, you got Jackson, you got James, you got Adderley. I mean, they're just so good out there in L.A. And then obviously we know what Justin Herbert is about. He is going to be a MVP candidate this year. I'm going with the Chargers at number three. Number four, the winners of the AFC South, I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts on this one. Uh, I just think from top to bottom, I think they are the best team in the AFC South. They should win this division. If they don't win this division this year, Marcus, someone's going to get fired, and I will be all – I'll support it. Whoever gets fired – I'll support it. You can't can't keep having so many excuses year after year about why you didn't win.
1: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
2: It, it it's good that we we built the roster it's good that Frank Wright came in and established a culture it's good but at some point you have to win and i think they will win this season 10 and 7 they will win the afc south number five five six 5 6 and 7 were tough for me i think this was the toughest area to decide who i think could make the playoffs out of any other including the nfc out of any other spots so The wild cards, five, six, and seven. Number five, maybe going out on a limb here, but I am going with the Baltimore Ravens at number five. Lamar Jackson is back. What I saw from him from a passing standpoint, where he corrected everything, his mechanics, his throwing motion, keeping his eyes downfield, looking to pass first instead of run. I think they're going to continue to do that. They got Mark Andrews. They got Rashad Bateman. We'll see what he can do at the receiver position. They got a couple of guys there, you know, a little bit of inexperience, but let's see what they got. Defensively, we know what they represent. They still got Calais Campbell. Dude is, what, 34, and he's still playing like a potential all-pro defensive tackle. They got pass rushers. They got a, a nasty defense. John Harbaugh just knows how to play, how how to have his team play defense, man. that that That's the thing about it so let me go to number six i didn't want to put this team at number six but i had to respect them i had to respect what they've done no i am not going with that team i am going with the new england patriots at number six the offense the offensive line looks good the running back the the stable of running backs that they have in new england I think it's really good. You got Harris. You got Stevenson. They, 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 they do look good at the weapons. Marcus, the weapons, Parker, Myers, Hunter, Smith. Nah, you ain't going to sleep. Marcus right now is acting like he's going to sleep right now. No, that is an offense that can pop off. All right. The defense, we already know what the defense of a Bill Belichick defense represents. We already know what that is. I think they will battle Buffalo and, you know, maybe try to hang on within uh the division crown, but Buffalo will ultimately take it. I think you just can't discredit New England ever. They made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback and they upgraded the roster. Come on, man. That that's you that you got to give them credit there. Number seven. The last team, this one was like, man, where do I go? Who deserves it? Who do I think can really make a difference? And the team I decided on was the Kansas City Chiefs. I went with the Chiefs. I think ultimately Patrick Mahomes will be enough to overcome Denver, to overcome Vegas. Vegas does – some things well. They got Waller. They added Adams. They got Renfro. That alone should should be a nightmare matchup. The offensive line is still a little bit shaky. You know, who's going to be protecting Derek Carr? It, it could be Feast or Famine on Derek Carr this season. The running backs, uh, Josh Jacobs is always solid. But after him, where are you going? The defense, obviously, you got Jones, you got Crosby, but after that, oh man. Um Rocky Sin is there. We obviously know about him. My guy, Trayvon Merrick, he's there. The defense kind of underwhelms me a little bit, but I think Kansas City will do enough and win more games than a Tennessee Titans, Miami Dolphins. I don't have Tennessee making it, not really because, oh my gosh, like I dislike them. I just think talent-wise, I just don't think they're there with everybody else. Kansas City has talent. Indy has talent. Baltimore has talent. New England has talent. I just don't think Tennessee is there yet, and honestly, it really came down between Kansas City and Miami for me for that seventh uh, seed, and I ultimately chose Kansas City. So, again, going from one to seven, I got Buffalo, Cincinnati, Chargers, Indy, Indianapolis, obviously, Baltimore, New England, and Kansas City. Marcus, your reaction?
0: Wow. Um, I definitely have a different list from yours. Uh, this is going to be interesting. But I'm going to go ahead and get my list. Number one is the Buffalo Bills. We both know that. I love the Bills low-key. Uh, they're just a phenomenal team. And you just love to see the quarterback with the strongest arm in the NFL in Buffalo just make pass after pass. And he's a dog mobile too. So um, definitely go with them number one. Number two is the Shocker. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers at the number two. Because Justin Herbert is stepping into his own. He finally probably has his coach that he's wanted. I feel like the last three years for the Chargers have been upset due to head coaching. And they finally, I feel like they finally got theirs. Um, So I'm going to go with them at number two. They did add a better defense with Khalil Mack and those guys. They had a decent draft as well. So I'm going to go with them at number two. Number three is the Cincinnati Bengals. Love me some Joe Burrow. Shout out to LSU. I think they have another good season. They did get some – they they had good drafts for the last two seasons, so I definitely think they're going to keep that momentum moving forward.
2: Shout out LSU, who had a blocked extra point to lose to Florida State.
0: Okay. Back to football. (laughs) But um, number four is going to shock you as well because – I took the Patriots off my list. They're not making the playoffs in my mindset. So I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders at number four. With Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, they can do damage. I already love Derek Carr's game, but having him with a number one wide receiver could help him tremendously. And Darren Waller at tight end. I feel like they can have a very good season with this offense. Moving to number five is the Baltimore Ravens. I feel like the Baltimore Ravens is going to catch stride. With Lamar Jackson and that defense, I think they can do damage. I think Marcus Peters recovering from that injury can have a huge boost to that defense. And I got them at number five. Moving on to number six is the Indianapolis Colts. Yan'Nap is close to number six, winning the division. This is going to be a tough AFC. Everybody can't win. So I think they can win the division and still make the playoffs comfortably. No hesitation. And number seven is the Kansas City Chiefs. I have the Chiefs at seven. Uh, It's a huge question mark of how they're going to look going into this year. They can win them a few games as well. But I feel like it's going to be a very tough year for them. But I do have them making the playoffs at number seven. So going over my list again, number one, Buffalo number two, the Chargers, number three, the Bengals, number four, the Raiders, number five, the Ravens, number six, the Colts, and number seven is the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: I like the list. The only thing I would correct is uh, Indianapolis being at number four because they would be a division champion, and then that would uh, vault everybody else down to five and six. So other than that, I think we kind of see eye to eye on a lot of teams as just, just the placement of other uh, team so who do you guys think can make the playoffs did we is there a hot take that we had with any of these teams is there a team that we didn't mention that we're underrating you know are we overlooking that we don't think they're going to be that good this year comment down below and do, where do you have the Colts huh where do you have the Colts are, are we too low are we too high do y'all even have them making the playoffs I know a lot of you people don't like Frank Reich and Chris Ballard but Do you even have them making the playoffs, all right? So let us know down in the comments uh, below. Now that all of that good stuff is taken care of, we got to jump into the preview for the Colts and Texans. There's not too much, I will say, to go over with this matchup because, look, uh, coming into this year, obviously it was a very awkward situation going on in Houston this entire offseason. The, you know... Thing with Deshaun Watson, and then you wanted to hire Josh McCown, but you know you didn't want to elevate Lovey Smith. You didn't, you know, there, there was a whole fiasco of that. And then I felt like they just elevated Lovey Smith just for for PR purposes, uh, not because he was truly their guy. So uh, Lovey Smith being in a rebuilding stage you know, here at this point in his career, I just don't think it's a good fit for him. He's set up to fail. And I think ultimately the Texans will end up like winning, like what, two, three games. And Lovey Smith's going to be out of a job, unfortunately. Uh, It just prolongs what the Texans want to do, hiring Josh McCown. I still hear he is still their guy. They're still in communication. The Texans still like him as a coach for the future. So, I don't know why you just didn't just hire Josh McCown and just say, hey, this is our guy. We believe in him instead of just giving the job to Lovey Smith and ultimately firing him a year later. So I just wanted to say that as my opening remarks for the the preview. The Colts have not won. We all know the stat by now. They have not won a week one game in eight years. Marcus, eight years. That's embarrassing. That's bad. Bad starts. Frank Reich is trying to nip that in the ass. That's what he's trying to do. The the different approach to preseason, everybody's getting reps. Everybody's getting reps in the preseason. Obviously, the ones that got held out were Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Very smart, good decision. Uh, Everybody else had to get some work. And I like that approach. This is another game. You know, you end the year in 2021 going to a team who you should absolutely beat and you failed. You failed. You fell flat on your face. Now you're starting 2022 off in the same situation, a team you should beat a team. You should beat pretty handily if I'm being just straight up with you on it. So where do I see the Texans could possibly exploit the Colts? Where can they beat them at their own game? When I'm looking at this roster right now, I don't see too much, guys. I do not see too much. They're in a rebuilding phase. They're trying to piece together their offensive line. They want to see what Davis Mills can be. Uh, He's, he's, you know, prolonged the quarterback search just for a year. And and how lucky are the Texans? Davis Mills showed enough in year one to say, hey, don't go get a quarterback. Because what quarterback were you going to get in last year's draft? What quarterback? So the Texans were actually in a pretty fortunate situation. Davis Mills showed enough to say, hey, give me another year. You know, Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins is getting better. And, you know, let's see what he can do. I, I'm obviously rooting for the kid. Uh, you know, other than the long neck, I think dude has some talent. So uh <laughs> Marcus over here laughing. Uh, the running backs, you know, Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner, I think they can exploit that. But for the Texans' defensive line, you know you got Jonathan Greenard, you got the vet in uh, Jerry Hughes and Malik Collins. I just don't think there's a, there should be enough there that should overpower the Colts' offensive line. Braden Smith should take care of Jerry Hughes. You got you, you got Pinter, Kelly, Nelson. They should handle the interior. Matt Pryor, I'm definitely going to be watching him closely because we're we're in the game that counts now. Every rep counts. And I am obviously on the hunt. Can you get better? Obviously, we saw the preseason. It was shaky, nothing promising. But there were some highs. There were some lows. So let's get into the season. Let's see if that can be consistent uh, play at the left tackle position. When I'm looking at the offense, man, ah, man, I, I don't really see much. But uh, sticking to, you know, s- sort of, you know, we're getting into this preview here. What is something that you think the Texans can do well that can give the Colts problems and potentially a scare in week one?
0: Well, I feel like they're, you know, the Texans are still in a rebuild. We both know this. But I feel like if they can run the football and exploit any type of gap on the defense for the Colts, I think running the game because they have a guy named Damon Pierce that they looked at in the preseason – They had a good preseason, and they took him over Marlon Mack, who's got put back on the practice squad, which is crazy in my opinion. Uh, Rep-wise in the preseason, they didn't even really use Mack like they were supposed to, and Damon Pierce just flashed, and they said, all right, you know what, we're just going to throw him out there as running back one. Not a bad decision, but that is uh, a huge, huge possibility that he can be a hit or miss. And moving forward into week one, when you just played a team last year, and you only scored three points out of two games. The Texans played the Colts last year, and the Texans scored three points out of two total games. So when people talk about Davis Mills, it's like, all right, yeah, so what? But show the numbers when he played the Colts. And now you got Brandon Cooks getting mashed up, and then you got a guy like Gilly on the other side and Stephon Gilmore. It's like, I don't know how you're going to see these things working, but I feel like the run game might be the only way for the Texans to have any type of chance because I feel like we have gotten so much better with adding Yannick and having Gilmore and a Nick Cross. All these things, I just don't see how the Texans will have a chance in this game.
2: I don't see how Damian Pierce is going to have a chance in this game with Defer- with Grover Stewart in the middle. I'll just say that right now. I mean, I don't I don't know how anybody in that backfield is going to have a chance. And it's crazy. Marlon Mack on their practice squad. He needs to be on a team chasing a championship. He's got that talent. Uh, I mean, even if it's not on a team that's chasing a championship, like why is he in a rebuilding roster? Why is he on the, he's not even on the roster. He's on the practice squad for a rebuilding roster. They are legit in rebuild mode. Unless they draft a generational gifted quarterback, they're going to be in a, in a rebuild for about maybe five, six years, maybe unless they get a guy next year or the year after that they speeds it up. But I don't see that happening at all. I don't see any prospects yet. You know, in the next couple of years, I don't see it. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I just see, a, I, I can see a way where the Texans can do some things, but I'm also having to remind myself and, and I'm sorry to keep bringing it up, guys, but I keep reminding myself, Matt Eberflus is not on the sideline anymore. We have a defensive coordinator who is not going to sit back and let you get punched in the face and then inside the red zone, oh, hey, let's start playing defense. Nah, between goal line to goal line inside those goal lines, it is defense all the way 100% with Gus Bradley. It is going to be attacking front. Everybody needs to be winning one-on-one matchups on the defensive line, and we expect that. We expect that. That's not too much to ask Yannick, Grover, DeForest, and Quiddy to win matchups against this offensive line. This offensive line, everybody should be winning their reps. That's what I want to see from the defensive line moving forward in this game on Sunday. I want to see constant pressure, timing being disrupted, you know obviously there's there's timing routes out there we need to get in his face and maybe force an interception that's what we need to do i have full confidence in our secondary in this game but i just don't see another you know performance like we had against Trevor Lawrence or what well, what was that freaking quarterback's name the third i can't even remember his damn name the third string from the new york josh, jets josh he johnson ever, I, I i don't know man he went for 300 yards dude a third string quarterback went for three i am just glad that moving forward was that, we're... that game <laughs> i couldn't have made it i would have got arrested <laughs> i would have got kicked out banned and arrested if i was at that game man uh but defensively i'm really gonna be looking at a lot because in the past we have gone into games where we should have won manhandle teams and we didn't I want to see what the attitude approach and design is going to be different Gus Bradley preaches he talks a big game he brings a mindset and an intensity I want to see it show up on Sunday all this stuff for the past four years, it was nice. It was cute and everything. You know, if you're coaching B-team on JV, it's all nice and everything. Do right, do good, run to the ball and everything. But I want punts. I want forced punts. I want all our offense having 40-minute time of possession, and we're forcing three and outs on defense. That That's what I want to see in these kinds of games against the Houston Texans. So, again, Houston, they're in a rebuilding mode. Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore – That should be a good matchup. Other than that, Matt Ryan offense, Derek Stingley versus Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be a thing of beauty. I am going to watch. I am going to watch that matchup with clear eyes and an open heart because I love both of those players. I love both of their physicalities at the position. And I I just love both of them so much. Will Derek Stingley be traveling? If I'm Lovey Smith, and he's my third overall pick. I asked that of Derek Stingley. I asked that, you know, you're supposed to be the alpha. You were an alpha at LSU. You were an alpha that you told us in the, in the interview process of the draft. Let's see it. Travel their number one corner. Who's expected to have a huge breakout season. Follow that number one corner. I want to see that for Derek Stingley's performance and Michael Pittman's performance. Cause that's going to be one hell of a matchup. Other than that, I don't have too much, man. This game should be a this game should be over in the third quarter. I'll just say that,
0: yeah, for sure. um, this game shouldn't be close uh if anything the, I can see the Texans putting up something like ten points maybe um, but definitely should be a easy game for the Colts. uh, we might have some some players. It's like, all right, what are you doing from the offense but I feel like defensively they're gonna bring it. Like I said, we mentioned Gus Bradley. He got his guy in Yannick that he has very familiarity to. And that's one thing uh, Ibraflus didn't have. He didn't have a guy like Yannick. So I wouldn't put all the blame on that. He was missing a few pieces. But it is what it is at the end of the day. But I feel like Gus Bradley can carry that turnover motrum that, you know, Ibraflus did bring. Uh, I feel like he can have that same momentum. But we did add pieces. So that definitely is a bonus for us. But guys like on the Houston Texans to look out for is guys like Kruger Hill, Kersky, Derek Stingley. Damon Pierce could be a question mark. Jerry Hughes and Jalen Petrie is a guy that they added at the safety core with Reed. That can be a huge boost for the Texans. Uh, but like I said, at the end of the day, I, don't, I just don't think it's enough because we have the experience in Matt Ryan. And he's going to hold people accountable in week one, no matter who it is. I feel like that's what we need because Carter Wins didn't have that. He just wasn't aggressive enough in my opinion. So, having Matt Ryan here in week 1, I feel like it's going to be turning a lot of heads and all the predictions is probably going to become into a reality when we win our week 1 game.
2: Honestly, man, I'm just tired of losing these week ones, especially against week ones that you should absolutely win. You should absolutely win. That's that that's the that that's the bottom line. All right, and you have to set a tone in this season. Five division games in the first seven weeks, one of them being against the Titans, two of them being in the first two weeks of the season. You got to set a tone for the team. You have to. And if I, I, I just wonder, I would pay to know what the mindset is like inside the locker room. I got a pretty good idea from people that I've spoke with, but I just want to know what is inside the mind. What is inside their heart? Everybody who walked off Jacksonville, we saw it on Hard Knocks, right? They were pissed off. They were embarrassed. They should be walking into Houston with the same feeling. That's what If I was Frank Reich, that's what I would be preaching to this team. All that pain, all that hurt, all that embarrassment that you felt in Jacksonville, carry that with you in Houston and beat the brakes off their behind. And then we get revenge the week later that we can really do some damage and make a statement. So there's really not much else to talk about with this matchup. The Colts should absolutely win in Houston. If they don't, boy, I just might be leading the hot seat talks for a Ballard or Wright conversation. There is no reason why you should lose this week one matchup against a team who is projected to have the number one overall pick next April. Unacceptable. You better win. And I'm hoping they will. Obviously. So uh before we get into predictions, man, anything else you got to say about this
0: game? Uh nope. Win week one. This is a statement game. Get it done. Plain and simple.
2: Plain and simple. Plain and simple like McDonald's chicken. All right. So here we go. My predictions for this game. I am going to go with the Colts. 30 to 14. I think for everything that we have said, obviously, uh, after all the things that we we, we just said, I think uh, the reason why I have it 30 to 14 is really not so much because of how good I think that the, the Colts could possibly be. But I do believe in Davis Mills a little bit. I, I, I do believe in he showed some good stuff his rookie year. Out of all rookies that played and started last year, he was the best one. And I don't think it was close. Justin Fields was horrible. Zach Wilson was horrible. Trevor Lawrence was horrible unless he was playing the Colts. He was horrible. And Davis Mills is out here leading two game-winning drives, having some consistency, and commanding the offense. So 30-14, to I feel good about that. Again, when it comes down to talent, I just think the Colts overpower the texans in every aspect in every aspect at at any other position the only position i think the texans are better at than the colts is left tackle laramie tunsel over matt Pryor. that's the only position and that shouldn't be the reason why you lose this game so 30 to 14 is what i have it in hoping the colts walk out of week one with the w
0: yeah, um, it's kind of funny that we uh, mentioned Davis Mills being the best one out of that class, uh, but to be honest, the best person out of that class wasn't even playing last year, and that's Trey Lance, so <laughs> I feel like, yeah, you can give it to Davis Mills because everybody else is freaking food at quarterback position, but Trey Lance is definitely the best one out of that class. Uh, for Larry Tunst- Larry Tunsil's sake, I'm not even sure if he's playing on Sunday, so that is a huge question mark going forward, so Uh, but yeah, the, I will give my prediction is 27 to 10. I don't think it'll be 30. Uh, but I do think, um, the Texans will find some type of momentum, but it'll just be too late. Honestly, I feel like Davis Mills will probably have a solid game, but it'll probably be a lot of more fourth and outs than actual turnovers. So I think it's going to be 27, 10. Davis Mills has a decent game Pierce He has some type of flashes, but he won't actually do anything, but the Colts would just out-duel the Texans in general. I think the defense would be stout, and I think the offense would be led by Jonathan Taylor, if anything. Uh, the wide receivers would do a little something. That's if Paris Campbell goes off, because we still have to find the new father of the Houston Texans.
2: <laughs> that, is, that is true. And the Texans did make some moves, uh, like trading a guy like Ross Blacklock, who I thought as a nose tackle, obviously not just because he's a former TCU Frog, but he was a solid one tech in the league. And I think losing that piece... Definitely helps the Colts in their run game on Sunday because, you know, Ross Blacklight wasn't setting the world on fire. You know, I'm not trying to say that, but he was definitely better than Malik Collins. I'll 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 say that. So um that is a loss that they're taking. They have a couple injuries here that, you know, they're questionable right now heading into it. But for the Colts, they should be going into week one healthy. The only question mark right now is there is a uh, Shaquille Leonard. Is he going to play or not? He wasn't put on IR, uh, you know, for being he won't miss the first four games. So the Colts feel real good about where he is at. Will he play? We won't know until tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to this uh, with Frank, when Frank Wright gives official word. But all signs point to the Colts going to Houston Week one, healthy, and hopefully getting the dub in H-Town and solving Houston's problem. So, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the kickoff show, the kickoff to the 2022 NFL season. I am Michael PV. I will be here all season long. Producer, content coordinator of the Blue Stable, we got Marcus, who's going to be joining me all season long. For the blue stable any other closing remarks marcus
0: uh statement game get the job done
2: (laughs) (laughs) man just get the damn job done so we can stop talking about this all right i mean we gotta we gotta deal with this for two weeks you haven't won in week one since for eight years and you haven't won in jacksonville for what another eight years so we're gonna deal with these storylines for two weeks let's get them out of the way right their wrongs and Let's make everything happen uh, for the Colts. So obviously, guys, thank you again for this edition. We are transitioning into a new era of the Blue Stable. Thank you for following. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for watching. It means so much to us, as always. And if you would like to catch more Colts content, because we're going to have a bunch for you this season, entertaining, knowledgeable content for you guys. Subscribe to the Blue Stable on YouTube. He is Marcus, a Michael Pevia. We'll see you next week and hopefully talking about a W. We'll see you post game on Sunday.